Hey friends, welcome to the Radical Radiance Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I am so thrilled to be back with you today for day eight of the 12 books of Christmas. I am so excited to welcome a new friend to the show today, Todd Tillman. You may remember Todd from winning last season on The Voice. He is from a small town here in Mississippi, so we had the best conversation about his new book, Every Little Win. He co-wrote it with his wife after winning The Voice last year, and I just think this is a really fun conversation for us. I think you're really going to love Todd. So help me welcome our new friend, Todd Tillman, to the show. Todd, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being with me. Oh, thank you. Hey, I appreciate the invite. So thanks. This is so fun. I cannot wait to get into more of your story because we have something in common and that is that we've both lived in Mississippi. So we have lots to talk about and I'm excited about that, but it's also going to be the holiday season, um, the Christmas season when people listen to this. And so we're starting each of our 12 books of Christmas episodes by just asking our friends a little bit about their favorite Christmas traditions and all the things. So Let's start there. I want to hear a little bit about what did Christmas look like in your family when you were growing up? Oh, man. You know, I I guess I'm probably in the majority. Well, I hate to say that. I'm pretty sure I'm right, though, in that I just love Christmas. And uh, and we when we were kids, for me, I mean, it changed through the years. But the t- times that I like to remember most um, are those times when I was just a little kid, we lived in a little, just a little white A-frame house in Grenada, Mississippi on Mound Street. Yeah. Um, and my brother and me uh, went, well, it was just a two bedroom house. But then when my sister came along, my parents sort of opened up the attic and made that my brother and my bedroom. And we would always, uh, I'll, one thing I'll never forget about Christmas is he would always, you know, when you're kids before the sun came up, he would always have me go check to see if Santa came, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) And so I, I remember doing that and then spending time, you know, with my grandmother and, and our family and, you know, all those things that people do at Christmas, Mm -hmm. we really did have, um, I would say a really traditional, you know, Christmas growing up, Mm -hmm. all of those things. But I guess, again, I'm probably in the majority on this. I think the nostalgia of Christmas is my favorite part. You know, it's that intangible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's such a fun time of year. So do you have something in the holiday, like in the Christmas season that you did every year with your family, like a tradition that you guys super love, or even with your family now, something that you find yourself looking forward to? Oh yeah. Lots of things. Uh, through the years, uh, I always, even when I was a little kid now, now that I'm an adult with, with my own wife and kids, uh, we don't do it so much this thing, but, um, as a kid growing up, I mean, plumb into my teen years really. And, and right into adulthood, I would, I would make candy with my mom, you know, just cause I started yeah. doing it when I was little. And so I would make Christmas candy with her through the years. I mean, we always did the traditional family meal like that, all those things. But over the years, I would say sometime, um, oh man, maybe in my just preteen years, maybe it's, I don't really know the exact time we started every year, um, a tradition called Jesus candle at our, 
which is uh and it's not everyone's kind of grown got kids of their own it can be a little bit of a circus <laughs> but uh but every year we just kind of sit around the living room everybody lights a candle and we talk about the uh all the things that we've been blessed with throughout that year and all the uh, all the things that we really are believing for God to do in our lives in the upcoming year and that's something that we've we've always done and and you know then we do the things that I would imagine most families do which is we get together during the Christmas season not necessarily on Christmas day I get together with my wife and my kids and we watch all the things we watch Rudolph and Charlie Brown and all those things you know and mm-hmm. it's just it's because I don't know you know those things were remind me of being a kid at Christmas and so Hey friends, quick break in today's conversation to tell you about our giveaway. We are giving away a copy of all 12 of the 12 books of Christmas to one podcast listener. I want you to know how to enter. Hop on over to my Instagram at Rebecca George Author, where you can enter every day. Every day we're posting about who we're having on the show, and you can enter in the comments of those posts to enter yourself in the giveaway. Again, one person, 12 books. I can't wait to announce the winner on Christmas day. Let's get back to our conversation. Yeah. I love that. Is there something that for you like has to be on your table on Christmas day? Like with your, your Christmas meal, like is, is there something that you're like, okay, it's the, it's the mashed potatoes. It's the sweet potato casserole. Like what is it for you? For me, I would say it's a couple of things. Um, my mom's dressing uh, is so oh, good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's like one of my most favorite. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure that if you live in different parts of the country, you call it stuffing. But I think it's the same thing. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But I think it is. I think so, too. <laughs> Somebody will tell yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Someone will let us know. But my mom's dressing. But then also my mom's um, sweet potato casserole. Because my mom, and no offense out there, you you do you with sweet potato casserole. But my mom does not do the kind that's got melted marshmallows on the top. She does the kind that's almost got like candied pecans. It's like yeah, a hard shell. And yeah. It's so good. And that's like, oh man, I have to have that. And then, you know, she makes pumpkin roll, which I, I love. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother-in-law always makes um, date balls. They're just, I don't know. They're just covered in powdered sugar. Uh, they're, so all of those that's things so are for me, you know? Man, that's so good. Yeah. I love all those things too. My mom when this is so her, if you know her, she just decided a few years ago, like, why do I have to choose between marshmallows or the candied pecan stuff? So she does both. She puts both on top of hers, not separately. Like she doesn't make two casseroles. She just does like some marshmallow and some candy stuff. Oh, no, I could could go for that. uh, Cause I love, it's funny. Marshmallows are one of those things we, get, we have a fire pit out here at the house and we burn a fire all the time. And I tell my kids all the time, I love a perfectly roasted marshmallow, but yeah. I do not like a marshmallow that is not roasted. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like plain ones. They got to be roasted and gooey. And Yeah. You know. They're so good. They're so good. Okay. Well, Christmas is so fun to talk about, but I am so excited about your new book that you wrote with your oh. wife, Brooke. And and it is going to be a part of our 12 books of Christmas. I'm so excited about that. It's called Every Little Win. And I just, I have so many questions, Todd. This is going to be such a fun conversation because okay. I was reading, I was reading the back cover and there was a question that like, it made me smile because I moved to Mississippi two years ago and everything about my life changed. And so to hear your story of like having been in ministry in a small town 
to then walking into the voice and it changing your life in a totally different way. I was like, I, I just know I could relate to a lot of what he probably has to say. And so there is a statement that says, what does a 42 year old small town pastor do when he wins one of the most popular singing competitions in the world? Like what a fun question. And so I would love to hear more of your story behind going on the voice. I am friends with Emily and Roberts, who she's a Knoxville girl. I'm a Knoxville girl um, who was runner up a a few seasons back. We've had several fun conversations, but I would love to hear like, when did you decide to like do it? Like, what was the experience like for you? I want to hear all about it. Oh man. Okay. So my story of going on the voice is actually, it's, it's odd because it's like really, really simple, but it's also kind of complicated. Um, yeah. the, the complicated part is that I would say it, it was years ago, 2017 or so. And I've said this a hundred times, but I, I would love to be able to pinpoint the time, but it's been at th- three or four years ago. I always say right around 2017. And the reason that I say that is because there were some other things that major things that happened in my life that I remember happening sort of at the same time. Uh, And back then is when I knew that I was going to be changing the direction of my life, you know, uh, and what I did with my life. Uh, So now I said all that to say, I had no idea, you know, that this would be what happened, you know, yeah, you know, really what I was going to do. I I looked into a whole bunch of things, but what I was going to do, was start the process of becoming a real estate agent okay. and sell real estate, you know, and it had nothing to do with me deconstructing or walking away from my faith sure. or any of those things. You know? uh, I, I'm still, that's still a lot of people have, and I get it. I get where they're coming from. I've had a lot of people that say like, I can't believe you left the church. Well, I didn't leave the church. <laughs> I'm still part of the church. And yeah. uh, so all that was going on. I was kind of digging around for for, I mean, I looked into barber school and all kinds of things. And so, yeah. um, so I, in, I would say in, uh, around March or April of 2019, uh, a friend of mine, I, what I was doing, I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I might've had a midlife crisis. If I did, I'm still completely. And if this is what happened. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living still in this midlife crisis, uh, if that's what it did happen. But uh, so I started trying and I didn't do great. Like, um, I know people probably won't see the video, but you can see I got like a keyboard right back here. Yeah, I can bang out chords. Like if I have an idea for a melody or, or a song, and what I do is I just plug that into my computer and put my headphones on. So at the time, though, I was banging out chords. I was trying to teach myself how to play piano. I still haven't done that. Um, and I was just singing on Instagram, um, singing yeah. songs. And so like one minute, you know, Instagram only would let you do one minute unless you go do IGTV or whatever. So, so a friend sent me a, a, a DM on Instagram and said, Hey, you should try this. And it was a little link to the voice. And so I was like, Oh, all right. So I clicked on it. Uh, I signed up. And actually, when I say friend, and if, if she hears this, she knows I'm telling the truth. We aren't like close. We're more acquaintances yeah. than friends. We just know one another. Uh, so I signed up. Well, it was for open call, you know, like stand in line auditions, um, which The Voice finds people in a whole lot of different ways. And I did not know that. Uh, mm. So so anyway, I signed up. 
months passed. My audition was on July the 27th. And that was, like I said, March or April. Uh, so months passed. Uh, I drove my wife out to Colorado for a conference. We drove back in on Thursday and the audition was that Saturday, four and a half hours, the other direction. So I, uh, decided not to do it. <laughs> like I had full on decided like it's, yeah. and honestly, and you might can relate to this as a pastor's wife. And this is my fault. Let me say that. And I'll hopefully everyone who hears me will hear me say, this is my fault. It's not the church's fault. It's my fault. But I was already in a place in my life where I kind of felt like useless and crappy enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I don't want to drive four and a half hours for an audition where someone's just going to make me feel even worse about my, mm-hmm. myself uh, by telling me, no, go back home, you know? And so that at that time is when my wife were, went into like high gear, like, no, you need to do this. You keep yeah. saying you need to change in your life. And, you know, and she's one of those, she's like, you're the one that keeps saying you, you something's got to change and something's got to give. And, so I, you know, I, I made a plan to um, spend the night in the car because we had just spent a decent amount of money going out to Colorado and I didn't have the money really to spend on yeah. a hotel or anything. Well, I don't know how this happened because it's all happened in the span of like three hours or something. Sure. I can't remember how all of it happened, but uh, someone from our church got wind that I was going to spend the night in the car. And so they, they got me up, they told me to get a room. So what I did was I was always real I don't know. I was always real frugal with the church's money. Cause it was like the church asking, paying for the room. And so mm-hmm. I got a real, Oh man, it was, <laughs> it was, it's kind of scary. The hotel room. I got, you know? awesome. And I, you know, so, so I got up the next morning frustrated on honestly. And that's, that's mm-hmm. really the truth. And that's to me, that's uh, one of very many beautiful depictions of the grace of God in my life. Cause mm-hmm. I was frustrated and I was annoyed and I was aggravated and I had to pay $25 to park. And that frustrated me and um, stood in line for hours and hours and hours. And that's how it all started. And so I know that's a long version, but that's, that's how it all started. I love it. Just a quick break in the conversation to tell you about one of our sponsors, Primally Pure. Primally Pure is a skincare brand that uses only pure ingredients that bring real like actual results. Cleansers, toners, body oil, natural deodorants. They've created all of the above. And right now I am loving their cleansing oil. It takes my makeup off so well, you guys. I think you would just love it. So just for the Radical Radiance community, they have created a coupon code for 10% off your first purchase site-wide. So go to the website today and use the code Rebecca10 with a capital R. So Rebecca10 at checkout. I hope you enjoy that so much. And let's get back to our conversation. That's so cool. Okay. So then, and I actually went back and watched your blind audition this morning. You, so to think that that was the backstory and to then watch you on stage yeah, during your blind audition, like that is also the grace of God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that is so, cause I didn't know it. None of us knew any of that. So for people who have not seen his blind audition, you have to go watch it because they're all like, I can see your passion and your fire. Like it was just, it was awesome to watch you on stage. And so to know the story, that's really cool. So then like, like you choose Blake, Mm -hmm. you go through the whole, you go through the whole thing, you win. So here's where my mind as a small town, Mississippi pastor's wife is going. Okay. And I'll share a little, like just a glimpse of a little bit of my story. So 
on a super way different level and totally different circumstance. Um, I'm working on my first book. And so I signed my, my first book deal about a month ago. Oh, cool. And thank you. And, but there's this piece of you, or, or maybe there's not, maybe you're not, maybe you don't battle people pleasing and maybe. Oh, I, God, maybe I I do. Okay. Like, Okay. It's okay. Still, it is still killing me to this day. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is. I'm be better. Good. I'm better than I was. Yeah. We. Yeah. Th- that's something that I'm always having to really talk to the Lord a lot about. And I know for me, there's a there's a part of you. I remember when I signed, thinking like, "Well, what's the church going to think about this? Well, what's you know, we're in this very small glass bubble of a town, right? And where everybody knows all the stuff." And so what was it like for you to come back to Meridian after all of that? Like, I just can't help but wonder, and you share what you're comfortable sharing, but like, Uh, that had to be uh, like a thing, like a whole thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, my, okay. So my story is a little different in that I was the original COVID season of the voice. Yeah. So when I came back to Meridian, no one even knew I was going to be on the voice. Uh, you weren't mm-hmm. allowed to tell a lot, a lot of it. At, like, I'm, I don't want to lie, but I'm pretty sure my, for my season because of COVID was the first time that the world found out. I mean, officially, you know, there's always rumors on the internet and people posting sure. and stuff, but I'm pretty sure I don't, I may be wrong that my season was the first time that the world found out officially that our blind auditions, battles and knockouts are pre-taped you know, m- much uh, earlier. Yeah. Uh, like way, way earlier. Uh, now I don't know that every single season goes that way. Uh, they actually, the timeline is always a little different, believe it or not. Okay. And then yeah. Since, since COVID you don't, once you go, I don't think you come home until you're, okay. you know, because see, I came home after my blind audition. I came home after my battle and knockout and I was supposed to go back for lives. Uh, but then COVID, so it yeah. turned into remote season, you know. Uh, so no one knew um, anything. And that that's a weird spot to be in. Well, I did tell, of course, my wife and my family. I did tell uh, the leadership team at our church, like the yeah. pastor's team at our church, uh, what was going on. They all knew. But, you know, once it all happened, let me, I, I want to kind of break this into kind of categories you okay know? yeah category a would be the church my hometown all of that uh were all really great to me yeah. uh, yeah. uh they were all just fantastic to me um yeah. now you know i mean when i say that you know a couple yeah. of people in every crowd that don't like it or won't get behind it and that's fine you know i don't yeah. i never did i never did get i was never very critical of that you know uh so that but then me I was in, I was like torn because I was really excited that I was part of the show. I was really excited, you know, uh, that, that I was, um, I could see maybe a path forward. Cause that's when people see my blind audition, first of all, I'm, when I sing, I kind of get into it physically. It's like a whole body experience for me. But second of all, I knew at that time, like that some, something happened. So I knew like, this is my shot. And, uh, and so 
I was torn because I was really excited to be on the show. I was really happy about being on the show. I was really happy that this could possibly be a, an open door for a path forward to me to do something else. But then there was that side of me that, and that this side of me is alive and well today. I am working as hard as I can to kill him, but he will not die. There was that side of me that was like, Oh my God, what is everybody thinking? You know, um, you know, what's, what are they going to think? I'm supposed to do this because man, you know, and I'm going to be honest, every, everybody's got their own feelings about this. And I think that's cool. I think we're supposed to be different, but like hardcore religion is, it's heavy. Yeah. I mean, it is heavy and it's hard to overcome, you know? And when I say that, I don't mean like knowing the Lord and doing, trying to do the right thing with your life. I I mean, like we're like legalism, the rules. Yeah. Yeah, Those things, those parts that aren't necessarily biblical, but that we place on ourselves, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, And it's always been really, it's always been really important to me that that people saw my character or who I want to be. Yeah. Um, but then the struggle that you have with that is everybody has a different idea of what's good and what's bad. And so when you do, for example, uh, when my blind audition aired, my when I aired very first, I was the first aired blind audition of season 18. And that was cool. That, that was really, really great. Uh, and, and it was like a euphoric experience, but then the flip side of that was, um, I, you know, I got a lot, I like hate on Twitter and Mm. I got emails. I don't even know where people got my email address, um, of, from people that were just, how could you, you know, how could a pastor, you know, and, and that man, I take that kind of stuff to heart, you know, (laughs) And, and so it's, it was a unique experience. It, it really was. And I am to this day, honestly, you know, I just had an experience and I'm, I'll, I'll you know, I'm, I'm fairly transparent person. I just had an experience about a week ago um, that, that, you know, that had, honestly, I kind of, I kind of yeah, just got to a breaking point uh, with the whole like religious establishment. And, you know, I, I, in all honesty, I made some bad decisions. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I made some statements and uh, shared some things that I probably shouldn't have shared. I've apologized since, but uh, it the the experience with the voice for me, it like my inner man, yeah, um, has been really liberating, um, and mm-hmm. and very. It's it's weird because everybody says, "Oh man, I bet you you feel really um um what's the word I'm looking for um." Oh my gosh, I can't find I can't find the word that, that I'm trying to say. Uh there's been there's been a lot of people that say you you found you maybe you found some real justification or whatever in who you are. I can't remember the, the, uh, the word escape. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, validation. You know, like uh I bet you feel really valid. And you do feel a sense of like validation, but you also feel a very real sense of humility, you know? Yeah. Uh it's it's actually very humbling, um, the whole yeah. thing. And and so it, it really was a, a, I, what I have found in it is a whole lot of freedom, but not at any small cost to my mental man. Like mm. it's a battle, you know, it really is. It's re- and, but, you know, and I'm that's even with the book and all the things we try to tell everybody, you know, if you're looking to me or my wife 
as some kind of like example, then hopefully you look to us as an example of the immeasurable grace of God because we are pretty Preach. jacked up. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's so good. I can see, I can see how all of that would be true. And it's like those are those opportunities where we really have to wrestle with the Lord of like, okay, how much of this? Like, am I wanting to honor you or am I wanting to please other people? And honoring you doesn't necessarily mean this set of rules that, you know, the churches may be placed on us or all, all these things that we're talking about. And then, and then also as like your all's lives continue to change, like that is God's immeasurable grace, like towards your family. It's not a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. However, there were probably there was probably a lot of really sad people. There were probably a lot of really, you know, people who maybe didn't understand and, and just accepting that, like, I don't know, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. And so I know that this had to have been just a really crazy, but also super awesome time for you guys, for the Lord to grow you in those things, which I think is really cool. Um, Okay. Your new book is called every little win, which I love the title. And it talks a lot about having a joyful mindset, despite unrelenting challenges, which I think is really important for us to talk about, especially right now. And so if a listener's kind of come into this conversation, just discouraged today, like through the message of the book, how would you want to encourage them? You know, the first thing that I, I would say the, the whole book came about, it was really very, very, very important to me and Brooke that this book was not about me being on the voice, yeah. you know, uh, like uh, I didn't, you know, I don't want to write a book about me being on the voice. Cause honestly, here's the deal with the voice. I appreciate it. I do. I, yeah. I appreciate the experience. I, I, I appreciate every word of congratulations that I have gotten. I appreciate every person that takes a photo in the parking lot at Walmart. I really do. But really the truth with the voice is all I did was sing. I just kept singing until there wasn't no more singing to do. You know, <laughs> and that's yeah. really all I did. You know, I hate to brag on it so much, you know, uh, cause I didn't really do anything but sing. Um, so that was important to us. The second thing that was important to us was that this book, hopefully, even though as far as the public eye goes, um, my my presence up to now and maybe forever is fairly limited really uh you know i I was on the voice and the whole thing but um but but i we did hope that it would sort of level the playing field in that people would see that everyone deals with these things man you know this guy might sure i might have gone on the voice and won the whole thing or whatever and again I'll tell everybody, I really didn't even win the voice. Y'all did. If you voted, y'all did the vote. I didn't even vote. I felt weird voting. Yeah. <laughs> it made me feel like I was betraying my friends because yeah. we're friends. All of us on the show, we're friends, you know? So I didn't even vote. Um, so it it's just, just was really important that people would see like these things are, life is tough. And I get that. And because a lot of times I think what happens, or again, I don't want a blanket statement. I, I don't, I don't know everybody's unique experience. But in my experience, especially in the faith, um, there have been times and more times than not that there's like this sense that um, there's this sense that you don't uh, pay any attention to the fact that you're suffering or that suffering is mm-hmm. part of it. Uh, and that and there's this sense that if you do go through suffering, you know, that that's like something 
something that you're supposed to be ashamed of or, yeah. you know, or, you know, or, or something that like, maybe you should get right with God or whatever, all these different yeah. things, you know, but suffering's part of it, you know, and uh, it's part of the journey. And, and so it's ri- what we wanted to do was say, Hey, you know, I, I always, I, well, I don't want to say always, but when I was pastoring through the years, I learned uh, that even with, with people and, you know, from pastoring, when people have church hurt, um, yeah. instead, instead of getting all, you know, self-righteous and, and, and uh, like having just this overzealous indignation about that, um, you don't live in that pain, but it, maybe it's a, maybe they really did get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it just became really important to me. And I know Brooke agrees with me too about this. I'm not, I hate to speak for her Yeah, that when you do go through something like you almost, you know, she, my wife, she filed for divorce. We've had kids that were sick, like dying. Like they, they didn't have a disease. They had a, a physical, I don't know how to put it like abnormality or malfunction in their physical mm-hmm. body uh, that was killing them that he couldn't eat food, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to eat food to live, you know? Uh, you know, we've been through that. We've had, uh, we went through both of the adoptions and man, that mm-hmm. if, if you never adopted, it's a, it's a brutal process, man. Yeah. It is hard. And, and so we want to say like these things, it's not that these things aren't happening and we do validate that these things happen, but you can find something, you know, mm-hmm. you can find something good to mm-hmm. just, even if it's just some little thing, you know, uh, that you can just, you can hang on to, you know, and, and then when things do happen in your life, first of all, for me, at least those, those good things right now, man, I, I, the book's already written and it's done. So this ain't going to be in the book, but like right now in my life, there are so many like unknowns, so many yeah. things that I don't know what's going to happen. So what I do is I just focus on what I know is good right now. You know, mm-hmm. there are some things that I can. And so that's what I hope people will do. You know, Brooke, even even with our in our household. Now, we don't I, you know, I want to set some of the families out there free. We don't do yeah. this every day. We don't you know, I don't want them to think. Yeah. Like, oh, well, our family's not like that. Our family is probably just like yours, maybe worse. So <laughs> that's just <laughs> the truth. But uh, but some days uh, what Brooke will do is she'll. We'll, we'll be sitting around the living room or around the table or whatever's going on. You know, our family's huge. So we don't really have like this one big family dinner, but we do yeah. sort of all kind of eat around the same time and with yeah. one another. And, and we'll just ask them, let's, let's do best of the day and worst of the day, you know, just mm-hmm. so that they can number one, the worst of the day. It's cool. Bad things happen. You know, yeah. we don't pretend that they don't happen. Uh, but then you have the best of the day as well. There's something, there's some positive, there's some good, even if it was just, you know, in the middle of pure hell breaking loose, I got yeah. to eat a, you know, an almond Hershey bar. That was, that's good. That's good news, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we wanted to do. Just hopefully encourage people to, to point out the positive things, the positive people, you know, um, mm-hmm. in their lives, even if they're in the middle of, you know, a firestorm, you know? Yeah. I think that's so good. I think what I love that you share there is, the acknowledgement of both places, like the acknowledgement of yes, as a Christ follower, as a human being, we are going to face suffering. We're going to face hard things, but there's also always the joy that we can find in that. And so it's like, I, I have also too been in seasons of my life where I felt like 
there wasn't maybe the safety to just own like, this sucks. <laughs> this is yeah. really hard. Like we're taught to just like shove down those things. Pretend, yeah. That does not help anybody whatsoever. And no. so it's like, yeah, having those safe places, whether it's your family or people in your life or your counselor, like that's another dirty word in, in Christian. That I would love to, yeah, not to me though. that's a whole, that's a whole thing, but, yeah. um, like get the help you need, like have the conversation. And, um, that's like part of the healing process. And then like, like you're saying, yeah, like we can always find something that we're grateful for. I'm not the greatest about this either, but I'm a huge fan of journaling. Um, just for the sake of like capturing what God is doing good, bad, or ugly in our, in our lives. Um, so that we see patterns of like what happens over time. And, um, I find when I'm in a healthy habit of doing that regularly, I'm more aware of those things in my life. And so that's a practice that we're all about around here. So I love that. Well, Todd, I have, I've loved having you today. I'm so excited to hop on over to our Patreon audience to do a really quick bonus round with you, which is going to be really fun, but I am so excited to include every little win in our 12 books of Christmas this year. I'm excited for our friends to get their hands on it and hear a little bit more of, of your story and Brooke's story. So for now, I just want to say a huge thank you for your time today. This was really fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Didn't you just love him? I thought that conversation was so fun. I hope you go grab a copy of Every Little Win wherever books are sold today. And I can't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow we have our new friend Charlotte Gamble on the show to talk all about the devotional that she just co-wrote with her bestie, Natalie Grant. We had the best conversation about that. I can't wait to share it with you. So come back tomorrow, grab your cup of coffee, sit underneath your Christmas tree, wrap some presents, and I'll be here with Charlotte. I can't wait to chat with you then.